When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto... Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. And by Dog TV, the first channel created to bring relaxing video and music for dogs. Online at dogtv.com. That's dogtv.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, today's show is going to the cats and then to the cows. We have a Cynthia... Chomos, she's the creative founder of Catio Spaces. And later, have you ever had a secret desire to hug a cow or visit a farm full of all types of animals? You can. First up, our special guest is Cynthia Chomos. And I just want to set the stage because indoor cats are talking to me right now. They're saying, hey, hey. All you humans out there, we really appreciate those toy mice that you toss at us in, a, in the hallway. We like the yummy, healthy treats, um, but we're meowing for something more. We want to be able to safely see and smell the great outdoors. Uh-oh, I saw a robin. Is that a robin? Robin? So we've got somebody on our show today that's helping them get their wishes come true. And she is one of the leaders in this much-needed trend that enriched the lives of indoor cats. She does it with something called catios. So please, get your purr on. Let's welcome the founder and designer of Catio Spaces, Cynthia Chomos. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thank you. I'm thrilled to share the benefits of catios. Well, and you have a feline muse that doesn't have just one, but uh, four catios. Uh, all your other cats, don't be gel gel. Um, who is your who is your feline muse? My feline muse is Miss Serena. Uh, she's an orange tabby uh, who came to me in a dream. And once I found her, it was out of a desire to keep her safe outdoors. I'm a gardener. I love nature. And it was out of a desire to keep her safe outdoors that I thought, hey, I should build catios and design them so that they complement a home. My background, I'm also a feng shui consultant. So it's all about creating harmonious spaces. And pets are part of our lives. And 
when we satisfy and take care of all the pets in our home, then there's greater harmony in our lives. I know. And I know you said feng shui, but it's also probably feng shui with the kitties a little bit, right? <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. For years, people have had patios. Some are covered, some are not. Um, and then our dogs and cats have really become part of our families. And, you know, you can just list a few reasons, but I have four cats and they all are indoor cats, but I don't want them to go stir crazy. So what are some of the bennies that you think um, catios offer for cats that are living indoor lives? I mean, my cat goes in a stroller, walks on a leash, does all these other things, but boy, does he dig. We actually created a petio because we have dogs and cats. Oh, but tell us, tell people, because it's something, I think something that we really should be thinking about. Right. Well, for indoor cats, you know, they're held captive <laughs> in a certain respect. Yeah. You know, they're <laughs> always true. at the window wanting to see what's going on, trying to breathe fresh air. And oftentimes we can add the stimulation enrichment indoors, but there's nothing like having their paws on the ground, watching birds, smelling the scents. And I think if I were a cat, I would want to be outside. So, but there are many, many dangers, um, predators, poisons, um, diseases from other animals, certainly vehicles. Vehicles are a biggie. And, you know, cats, for cats that are allowed to go freely outdoors, it's really behooven upon us to really care for their well-being. And part of that is keeping them safe. So, there's obviously the protection from the hazards of the outdoors, which in turn can reduce vet bills. And we also want to protect birds and wildlife because according to the American Bird Conservancy, 2.4 million birds are killed by free roaming cats outdoors. And so wow. a catio will help, you know, protect our backyard. You're like a diplomat between birds and cats, aren't you? Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, and obviously, if there's fewer free-roaming cats, that's decreasing the, the pet population out there, the feral cat population. Um, reduce, I think, too, it can reduce multi-cat stress indoors. Okay. Um, I've had a lot of clients whose cats, you know, they, they need more territory. And a catio is a great diversion. If you have a cat door in a window, wall, or a door, the cats can come and go as they please. And so it gives that relief and that stress relief. Um, certainly it's going to enrich the cat with bird watching and chasing bugs and all the fun things that can happen in a catio. Um, another yeah, yeah, when the weather is, is nice here, I'm in Dallas. We get all the, the two dogs and the kitties out in our enclosed uh, patio. We call it patio because we got dogs. And we got a cat tree in there, Cynthia. We got an orthopedic bed for the dogs. And I just take delight because there's always a fly or some really stupid bug comes in and they're they're toast with with our cats. <laughs> <laughs> the they get to express their natural hunting instincts, you know, yeah. which which is great. Absolutely. Um, but there's also, you know, if the catios are like in your case, your patio, it's big enough where you can spend time out there. So it gives bonding opportunities for cats and their humans and goodness, nature is good for humans too. You know, we need fresh air and to be able to unplug. Um, it's 
you're, you're in Seattle. Is that correct? Yes. You're based in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. So uh, you can get some bone chilling days there too, can't you? Yes. And I, I get photos from cat parents from all over the country whose cats go out in the snow. Oh. <laughs> They're up on the shelves flying. Like, what is this? And then it'll, you know, the, it'll come down on him. But uh, yeah, there, some will be warm weather, you know, only, but others will, will not. The other thing too is um, patios help promote good neighbor relations. Okay. Uh, there have been several cities throughout the United States that have adopted cat leash laws, uh, complaining about cats. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so cats are using neighbors, you know, vegetable beds as litter boxes. So another benefit Honey, is that's not and, a radish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh no. But but another benefit is you can have an outdoor litter box in the catio. And it oh, should good. never yeah, it should never replace the one indoors, but if the cats are out having a good time and they can, you know, do their business al fresco, why not? They can just stay out and play. <laughs> Did you say al fresco? Yes. Oh, awesome. All right, you're, you're my new cat best friend. Um, well, I I do know that I think in 2023, it is a, a good time to be a cat. There are adventure cats. Uh, more millennials are are adopting cats. And I'm so proud that real men love cats. So are you starting to see that cats are getting a groove on, that people are really in, bringing them into being a full bonafide member of their families? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have I have a lot of I mean predominantly my when we're building custom catios it's primarily you know female cat owners but I would say 10% are male and uh, but you know cat men love cats and other uh, all part of the household so yeah well we're speaking with uh Cynthia Chomos she is the genius behind the genius behind catiospaces.com and there's a lot of great material on that website but we're going to talk more about some specifics about catios and how our good friend Cynthia is helping you. She's got some DIY that will put your purr on. So everybody sit and purr. We'll be right back. Hey, pet pals, welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're chatting with Cynthia Chamos. She is the uh, founder, designer of Catio Spaces. And like I do with all my guests, it's always kind of curious. Um, when you grew up as a little girl, did you say, I'm going to create catios? Or what was your your dream job you thought while you were uh, you know, rocking back and forth on a swing set? <laughs> I wanted to travel. That was my thing. I wanted to travel. But I grew up, I, I was never around cats until my neighbor's cat adopted me when I bought my first house. So I've been a dog person my whole life, but that's a whole nother story. Basically, once my cat showed up in my life, I was hooked. When people go to catiospaces.com, I love this because you offer PDFs that have specific DIY uh, plans and the variety, the size, um, can you talk? I mean, isn't just one size fits all catio. You want to, I'm, I'm looking at some of these. Um, there's the uh, cat tunnel. There's the oasis tunnel. There's the window box. You've got a lot of different DIY plans you've created. 
Right. And and it really was born out of the fact that I love building custom catios, but cat parents everywhere need to have catios, in my opinion. So anyway, I designed, you know, whether it's a small little window box with a bird's eye view of the garden and fresh air. So I designed a window box catio that um, these are DIY blueprints. You get the blueprint, you go out and you get your materials and there's step-by-step instructions on how to do this. But there's a window box. There's what I call the haven, which is a very um, three to four feet out from the house, but tall. You don't need a lot of space because cats love vertical space as well as horizontal movement. So the haven is kind of tall, compact next to the house. And then there's a wider one called the sanctuary, which is a six by eight or an eight by 10 blueprint. Room for seating, lots of shelves, plants. Uh, it can really become an outdoor room. When I see my cats out in the patio, it's screened in and all that. We never leave them by themselves. I just see this extra, the eyes get shinier. I don't know. What What do you think? And they're, they're it's the joy. Water. There's just the joy of they're, they're in their natural environment. You know, they do want to be outside and, and there's also the joy for the cat parent. You know, there's nothing better than knowing your, your fur baby's happy and content outside. So there's a joy factor on both ends. So how, how do people find out? I mean, how do you get the word out besides being on the best radio show on the planet right now? (laughs) I mean, People need to know about you. Can you, can you, how are you, you were formerly in marketing. How are you getting the word out? Um, I write a blog every month and I have a newsletter that goes out. I'm on Facebook, uh, YouTube. I produced a lot of videos in my former life. I was a video producer. So I take great joy in videotaping my, my clients and their cats and showcasing the different environments that catios can blend in and complement. And, um, and then I, I work um, with a PR gal. And so we do news releases. In fact, we did one just recently about how to keep pets safe this spring because spring fever's here. And there's a lot of door dashing cats or, you know, scratching screens and trying to escape. So well, I, I, I did kind of, I, I prowled around uh, catiospaces.com and I, I can concur with what you're saying, Cynthia. She's got this amazing link to a photo gallery where actual DIY patios are being used by people all over the place. She's got articles and videos on the top 10 benefits of catios. She's got the plan. She's got catio cat guides to bird watching. So are cats going like, you know, cats do this. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're trying to beckon the bird to get closer. I laugh all the time because... The cat's like, I have a bird brain. I know you're a cat. I mean, but do you hear that cackle in Serena sometimes when a kitty comes, when a bird comes nearby? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But it's interesting because if you listen to the birds, they do their warning chirp that, they're, hey, there's a cat outside. Even if it's in a catio, they're like, duh, 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 you know, a little alarm that there's a cat in the pres- uh, present in the garden. So you also, um, which I'm, I'm proud of you for. You do like to give back. So you have some type of affiliate program you want to talk about? Yes, I have um, an affiliate program for animal welfare organizations and animal advocates where um, I provide curated posts each month. And when an, uh, an affiliate shares the benefits of catios and the DIY plans, 10% of any sale comes back to that affiliate or advocate. 
So it's a way I can give give back because I'd love to have 10 cats, but my little girl, she's a one and only. And I try to have an orange tabby bee female. That's pretty interesting. I did see her. She's in the back. I see her. Uh, I have, I have cat eyes. Serena, you're on the radio. Um, (laughs) So um, what's something that cats have made done to make you a better human? Cats have done. Oh, you know what? There is just one of the things that I love is just the stillness and the way they just connect in, like lay on you when you just need to relax I, I feel like I could never live without a cat. Uh, I Serena's my soul sister, and there is just oh, I love that. she just there's just this presence. It's just this sweet. She has a very sweet, pure, gentle presence. Both of my cats, the previous cat that adopted me, um, have the same kind of energy. They're just very calm, and um, and she came to me in a dream. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Pretty interesting. Um, I was a possessed, mad cat woman trying to find this cat. And, you know, female orange tabbies are rare. And if you're going to adopt a cat under six months, the shelters want you to adopt two for behavior and all of that. But I was clear it was just one. And I eventually found her. And uh, I went to every shelter in Seattle. And, um, Ironically, you know how sometimes when you go after something and then you let it go, like I was out in my garden gardening because I just had to get my head off of it. And my neighbor walks by and she was looking, she was going to um, adopt a dog. And I said, well, where are you going to adopt? She goes, pet finder. I'm like, there's pet finder. I've never had to find animals, right? Right. And so I dropped my garden tools. I came in and I went on the computer and I looked up female orange tabby and I got four states and I started scanning the photos and there she was. That was the one from my dream. Now, when I called the foster mom, she said, you know, I told her the story about the dream. And and in the dream, she had this white flame on her forehead, a very faint meow. Well, it turns out that the cat that was in the picture was one of two identical female orange tabbies. Oh, my gosh. And she said, I have a black felt tip mark in the left ear of Susie and Sally's got it in her her other ear. (laughs) So I drove up there not knowing which one it was going to be. And I went into the back room at at PetSmart and she opened up the first cage. And the first one kind of looked at me and meander off. The second one came out of the cage, looked around the room, came right over, curled up in my lap. And I was just bawling. like, this is the cat. And uh, yeah, so she's. It's a it's a dream to have you uh, as a guest on our show, Cynthia. Oh, thank um, you. I, I just want everybody to know cateospaces.com. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, have you ever had a secret desire to hug a cow or visit a farm full of all types of animals? We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, have you ever had a secret desire to hug a cow or visit a farm full of all types of animals? You can. 
and you can thank our special guest. She is a true champion for all animals. I want you at this time to please give pause and applause to the co-founder of The Gentle Barn, the amazing Ellie Lax. Hey, welcome to the show, Ellie. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I mean, I love the name, The Gentle Barn. I know you have three locations in three states. I mean, you're a busy chick, or should I say chicken, or I don't know what to call you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, being called any kind of animal is always a compliment, so (laughs) chicken is fine. (laughs) So tell us, what is The Gentle Barn, which is grammatically should be The Gentle Barns, because you're in, I understand, uh, the LA area, St. Louis, and Nashville, but Take us back in time. What is it? I know it's a nonprofit. Let's talk about what's the story behind The Gentle Barn. The Gentle Barn was my dream since I was seven years old. I loved animals. Um, I could hear them when they were in trouble and I would bring them home to help them. They were my best friends. They mirrored back to me that I was wanted and lovable. And what perplexed me the most at a very young age is seeing the people around me not see animals the same way that I did. We saw animals as, you know, things that we eat, things we wear, things we throw away when we don't want them anymore. And I saw them as my healers, teachers, and best friends. And so from the time I was seven, I said that I was going to have a big place full of animals and show the world how beautiful they are. And you know what? That young Ellie kept her promise, didn't she? I'm sure it wasn't easy. I mean, it is a nonprofit. I know we want to do a shout out to your uh, co-founder. You want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, so I founded the Gentle Barn in 1999, and a few years later, um, somebody came in that started as a volunteer, built me a website, a donate page, fundraising events, got on the board of directors. We partnered. A year later, fell in love and got got together, Um, and his name is Jay Weiner, co-founder of the Gentle Barn, and we have built the Gentle Barn together from a backyard with a handful of animals to a national nonprofit organization located in three different states with hundreds of animals. And over the course of the last 24 years, we've rescued thousands of them. Okay, Noah, you did all right with the ark, but come on. We're talking 21st century Noah and uh, Noette. I don't know what to call you. I mean, but do you feel a little bit like... Uh, Noah and Noah's Ark, only uh, you're, you're keeping it going. You, you've rescued far more because he only had a, one Ark. I suppose. I just... That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very, very grateful to do this work every single day. I feel very grateful to have had a very small childhood dream and built it into something even bigger than I could imagine. And um, what we do is we save animals that have nowhere else to go. Um, Animals that are too old, too sick, too lame, or too scared to be adoptable. Uh, We rehabilitate them with vet care, but a whole slew of alternative methods like massage therapy, chiropractic, energy healing, animal communication, lots of love, holding therapy. And once the animals are well, If we can find homes of their own, we do. And if we can't because they need ongoing care, then we give them sanctuary at the Gentle Barn for the rest of their lives. And then when they're ready, only if they're ready, we partner with them to help people with the same stories of trauma and connect people to the love and magic of animals. You know, you touched upon touch. And I, I, I don't care if you're a turkey, a cow, a person. 
there is a lot of healing going on in the power of touch. Can you talk about that? Because we're all sentient beings. I completely agree with you. Um, so it was about 15 years ago when we did our very first veal calf rescue. In other words, in the dairy industry, calves are taken away from their moms so the milk could be taken from, for humans. And those calves are put into crates where they don't move around and, um, you know, they're done away with at eight weeks old. So we got a call from an auction house that had six calves that were too sick to stand up. So Jay went to go get them. And while he was doing that, I was trying to figure, to, to prepare for them. So I was getting veterinarians on standby. I was getting energy healers. And I was calling around to the other big sanctuaries um, in the world at, at our time saying like, okay, what do I need to have or do or know to save these calves lives? Because they're coming to us very, very sick. They can't stand up. Yeah. And all four of those sanctuaries told me the only thing you need to know is that they're going to die. What? And I said, there's no way. I mean, I need to do, what can I do different that has never been done before? And so what I figured was these calves were taken away from their moms. They're very, very sick. What reason do they have to live? And what reason can I give them to want to live? And so by the time Jay had arrived with the six calves, I had hundreds of volunteers signed up for four hour shifts all through the day and all through the night to hold them. And I oh figured gosh. that if we could hold them and kiss them and sing to them and meditate with them and tell them what their life will look like, then we can give them something to live for. And then once they want to live, then all the physical stuff and the veterinary care that we're doing will work. And sure enough, um, they all need it. Really? Oh, my gosh. My, if I had hairy arms like Robin Williams, they'd be all standing <laughs> up at attention. And just what an amazing thing. You don't take no for an answer. And especially when it comes to saving lives. That is true. Uh, the General Barn started because I didn't take no for an answer. So it was my dream since I was seven, but I didn't know how to start. So I procrastinated for a really long time. 24 years ago, I discovered a petting zoo that I'd never seen before. And I went in to see what they were doing. And it was full of cruelty. And I ended up discovering a goat that was... She looked like she was about to die. Her toenails Aww. were two feet long. Her legs were deformed. Oh my God. Her belly was distended. She was filthy, dirty. She could barely stand. And she looked me in the eyes and asked me for help. So I asked yeah. the owner if I could have her. And she said, no. And I said, well, she doesn't look very good. So I'm going to stay here till you say yes. And I stayed there for 12 days. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and on the 13th. And on the 13th day, she came and found me and said, take this goat and get the heck out of here. I brought that goat home. And that was the first rescue of the gentle barn. That's how the gentle barn was actually born in my little backyard. So what is the name of the goat? Mary. And you know, Mary, move over, Tom Brady. Mary is the genuine goat, greatest of all time, right? Agreed. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. I love your spirit. I love your spunk. Now, you said you kind of meandered before you got your focus, your compass, if you will. So how were you paying for your bills and how did you end up being able to get uh, land to be able, because this is not a cheap venture. You know, actually, before the gentle barn, I was doing dog and cat rescue. Um, oh. I always told myself that when I grew up with my very first paycheck, I would start going to the shelters and bringing animals home. And so I started a dog training, boarding, grooming, and walking business. That was my very first job, fresh out of 
college. And with my very first paycheck, I went right down to the nearest high kill shelter. And I looked around and there was so much need. It was very, very overwhelming. Oh my God, who do I choose? But I kind of closed my eyes and said a little silent prayer, like help me know who to take home. And when I opened my eyes, all the other dogs faded into the background. And right before me was a mom with a litter of seven puppies. And I said, okay, I'll take them home. And I brought them home. And um, to make a really long story short, unfortunately, the puppies all died one by one of distemper. It was absolutely awful. Um, and then after the last puppy died, the vet said that I should probably euthanize the mom too. And I said, no, this has been my dream my whole life. My first paycheck with my first job, I went to get my first rescue and they're all going to die. I was like, absolutely not. I said, this mom's going to make it. And I put her on my bed and I looked her in the eyes and I said, you are not leaving me. And I put nutritional supplements down her throat, sub-Q fluids in her skin. I held her and she made it. And she was my first rescue. Nice. Hey, everyone, we're speaking with Ellie last. And I got to tell you, she is the co-founder of The Gentle Barn. I love her spirit. I love her can-do-ness. We're going to talk more about uh, things that she does and maybe how you can help after we take this break. And you know the drill. You got to sit and stay or nah, don't kid around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am digging a great person with a big heart and a can-do attitude. And of course, I'm talking about the co-founder of The Gentle Barn, and that is Ellie Lax. And Ellie, you were talking about your first paycheck, and you, you did save the mama, and it's been you've been on a focused path since then. So getting land in California, uh, Tennessee, and Missouri, that took some doing to create three locations for the gentle barn. How are people helping you out? It sounds like you have an army of volunteers. You could always use more, I'm sure. Well, like the saying goes, it takes a village. I might've been the one to come up with a dream inside my head, but I can only do it with the help of other people. So uh, my husband, Jay Weiner, co-founder of the gentle barn, him coming in and taking us national really helped because he had the business sense that, you know, I'm a healer, but he was the business guy. So he That's came and combo. really helped. That is a nice combo. Yeah. I think Jay and I say that together we make a perfect person. <laughs> <laughs> well, all marriages should be like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Ying, yang, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. But well, we count on thousands of volunteers and even more donors all over the world that lift us up and enable us to do this work. I think there are so many people that absolutely truly love animals, but can't necessarily do the work that we do. And so our motto is we'll be in the trenches, we'll roll up our sleeves and we'll do the actual work, but we need the support of the community to help us do it. And we can't do it with, without all the generous people that lift us up and, and help us do our work. So what are some things? Because I know there's sanctuaries out there, um, but I'm thinking people are climbing out of COVID and you can only go to Paris. Well, whatever, you know, you can only do, you know, Disney so many times. These seem like really nice 
places to come, the gentle barn, to maybe have a a vacation, a getaway with a purpose. Do you seem to have people that maybe are taking some vacation days and saying, hey, um, Ellie, what can I do? There's a chicken over there or there's a turkey over there. Or there's a cow that's giving me sweet dough. I, uh, I think I need some, to do some, but what do I do? Do you get people that do things like that? Yes, we have people from all over the world that come and visit. And yes, I think it's fun, but I also think that it's really, really healing, especially coming out of COVID. We have all been affected in one way or the other. And I think collectively worldwide, we are all still healing. And whether we've suffered losses and are in grief, whether we've been ill and scared, whether we've had to move and build new friends, we have all been affected in one way or the other. So the General Barn is the perfect place to come, not only because it's fun, but it's also very healing. And we leave the Gentle Barn with a tremendous sense of hope, renewed hope. Give me an example of somebody coming from a great distance. And what did you see the light radiating from them? What did they do while they were there? Do you have an example? Yeah, it was fresh out of COVID. And there was a woman at our Missouri location whose um, son had died during COVID. And she was absolutely despondent. I mean, what do you do with that much grief? Um, So she drove eight hours to come see us at our St. Louis location at the Gentle Barn. And she hugged cows. And I'm telling you, I think cow hug therapy is so transformative for a number of reasons. Yeah, I want to hug a cow. I want to come see you. Seriously, I'm not just saying it. Really, I'm going to hug a cow. I mean, I really think that everyone should hug a cow. And if I was queen of the world, I would make it so that everyone had cows. Because when you have a cow and you can go to them when you're in distress and they wrap their necks around you and hold you, and you're still and quiet and you can hear their heartbeat and you can rise and fall with their breathing. You feel tiny and small, open and vulnerable against a gentle giant that is nurturing you. It restores everything. It's like the best mom hug in the world. It's kind of like a trip back to infancy where the world is full of infinite possibilities and can build yourself again. Do you have t-shirts that say, have you hugged a cow lately? You should. We, We used to. We don't now, and literally me and Jay were just talking the other day that we have to bring it back. I think so. I would wear that shirt. I would. You know, don't have a cow man. Hug a cow man. How about that? (laughs) So people can donate. You are a nonprofit. So tell us how people can uh, help give you some financial assistance. Absolutely. Um, People can donate and enable us to save lives at gentlebarn.org. They can also check out how to visit a gentle barn nearest them through the website, gentlebarn.org. They can also follow us through all social media platforms at the gentle barn on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. I can just imagine. Do you got a fun cow TikTok video? We do. We have a whole series, actually, that's award winning. Do you think cows and turkeys and horses and everything kind of get that we're, we got a camera in front of them? I know my dog Kona, when I put out the camera, she's like, smile. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like uh, other sentient beings get the deal that they're supposed to, they don't really under the concept, but they feel your energy that you're like, come on, I want to showcase you. Do you get that ever from a cow? Absolutely. And just like any of the individuals, whether it's a cow, a horse, a chicken, a dog, they're individuals just like us. And some of them love the camera and they smile and they pose. 
And others hate the camera. And the minute you bring it out, they'll turn away and refuse to have their pictures <laughs> taken. The south end. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's people in our families that are grinners for the family photo. And there's others that are like, nah. So I, I would imagine that same in other populations of, of animals, right? Absolutely. All right. Being a Noah of Noah Ark with the co-founder of The Gentle Barn, I mentioned a few animals. Can you give us some idea of some others that they would not expect? I know maybe they're not all at all three locations, but I covered cows, turkeys. Um, keep going. <laughs> the Gentle Barn is home to horses, cows, pigs, sheep, goats, chickens, turkeys, peacocks, llamas, emus, and dogs. So, okay, peacocks, tell us them. What's their, what do they, if they could channel through you, what are they trying to tell us? I think peacocks are trying to tell us, shake your stuff, no matter who your audience is. Just know who you are, know how gorgeous you are, and don't be afraid to flaunt it. <laughs> Work it, baby. Work, Work it. it. You know, move over, RuPaul. We got we got peacocks at the dental barn. I think you you could have a fundraiser. You could have a strut your peacock. Fundraiser. I love that. Do you want to hear something funny? Our no, peacock. No, I don't want to hear anything. Funny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go for our, it, Ellie. Our peacock stands his tail and shakes his stuff. Really? But he'll be doing it to chickens, and you can literally see the chickens roll their eyes. Or he'll do it to sleeping pigs. <laughs> Or he'll do it to lizards. He doesn't care who's watching. He's just going to shake his stuff anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. We've only got about a minute left. What's some parting messages you'd like to give everybody about the gentle barn and what's on the horizon? You know, my parting message is to kind of empower everyone listening to help the animals in front of you. Not everyone can like, okay, I'm going to have three huge locations and 200 animals. That sounds very, very overwhelming. All of us animal lovers can help the animal in front of us. If it's a stray animal, get them to safety. If it's an animal in the middle of the road, get them to a rescue center. If it's a wild animal that's injured, get them to a rescue center. If it's a hungry animal in your neighborhood, put out some food and water. These little teeny tiny gestures that we can do with who is in front of us go a long way to save lives. And if we all do that, then everyone will have the help that they need. It takes very little effort to just be gentle, be kind, and be helpful. Beautifully said. Hey, everyone, we've been speaking with Ellie Lax, and I want you to check out gentlebarn.org after the show. She's amazing. She needs your help. The pets need their help. your help. And I am so honored that you were a guest on our show today. You survived my bad jokes, Ellie. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys, that's it for the whole show today. Uh, again, I want to give a pause up to our special guest. I want to give a big shout out to all you radio stations coast to coast airing our four-legged live show. We keep growing in numbers and humbly, everyone, proud to say we just got voted the top radio show by the Dog Riders Association of America. No free car. I guess that's an Oprah thing. Oh, well. Anyway, I also want to thank all you listeners uh, for tuning in. It means a lot. Check me out on uh, YouTube, Art and More. The channel has really got over 500 videos. We're all about helping people help pets. And uh, check out Four-Legged Life. And until next time, this is your host, Art and More, saying to all you two, three, four-leggers out there, pause up. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. And by Dog TV, the first channel created to bring relaxing video and music for dogs. Online at dogtv.com. That's dogtv.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.